uh, Tom Curran, a man very, very plugged in when it comes to the Patriots and, of course, Tom Brady. Uh, he's brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lepresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help business maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tom, you've been a, you've made this comment a couple of different times that Robert Kraft Certainly does not want to trade Mac Jones. Uh, you made it to Gresham Fourier earlier this week. We played the clip earlier in this segment uh, of what you had to say to Rich Eisen. So Kraft, certainly, it sounds uh, from me judging by your answers, Kraft does not want to trade Mac Jones. Are Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick aligned on that? I don't know what Bill Belichick's actual demeanor is toward Mac Jones and the idea of trading him. I would assume that he wants to show a level of functionality as opposed to the dysfunction that they've shown so far. I would assume that he doesn't want to go to the owner and say, hey, that kid that we really thought was a terrific player last July that helped us get to the playoffs in his rookie year that's still on a rookie contract, yeah, we want to move on from him. We think that would be a great idea now. So, Because in turn, Robert Kraft would stare at him and say, well, why is he bad now? Is he bad in large part thanks to the things that you've done? Remember, the Maras in New York, when Joe Judge was relieved of duty, said about Daniel Jones, we've done everything in our power to screw this kid up. And I think the Patriots in one year did the same thing with Mac Jones. So I just think it defies logic to think that Bill Belichick wants to embrace chaos and say, yeah, he's not good anymore. Well, let me let me push back a little bit, and I, I don't know, Not like I, I don't know anything that's that's going on. You're the one who's plugged in, but like, how much of a say did the Crafts have in taking a quarterback in the first round? Like, because if I'm Bill and ownership wanted a quarterback or wanted Mac specifically, I'd say, well, yeah, maybe he was maybe he was never all that good, and you guys wanted a quarterback. Well, he looked pretty good at the end of the first year. So if you're going to push back and say the Crafts, I don't think he looked good at Mac the end of the year. He looked good. Well, let me at the just finish on this. If you if you're going to contend that Mac Jones was foisted upon on, on the coaching staff by the Crafts. Yet by the end of that year, Belichick was basically genuflecting at the altar of Mac, and then at the beginning of this past year saying how much he had improved. Then it looks like ownership did the right thing. Fair. I, I question if that's the case. I, and you're right. Bill did genuflect at the uh, the altar of Mac Jones in the offseason for sure. I just wonder if there's, there's a, a little wiggle room there for Bill uh, if he takes it to ownership and the crafts throw that back in his face. But I know Mego has a question as well. Well, Tom, uh, you were on with Gresham Fourier, our buds in midday uh, a couple days ago, saying that you felt strongly based on training camp that you saw uh, two, two off seasons ago that Mac Jones is definitively better than Daniel Jones. And I bring it up because obviously they both played under Joe Judge to some extent. And now uh, New York is in this position with Daniel Jones's contract that we're all talking about in the future that the Patriots may be in with Mac Jones's contract. All that to say... How is mm-hmm. Mac better than Daniel Jones in your book? And I don't know if I said that he is Bego, and I might be mistaken, but my contention was that during that three days of joint practices, Cam actually had COVID, so Mac got all the work. He drastically outplayed Daniel Jones. Whether he's completely better than Daniel Jones or not on an even playing field after four years in the NFL for Daniel Jones and two for Mac, 
it's enough of a toss-up, but I watched the two guys compete on the same field over the course of a period of time with the Joe Judge common denominator on Daniel Jones' side, and Mac was better. Where did I think he was better? I thought he was better at the line of scrimmage. I thought his accuracy was drastically better. And again, this is it's going to be two summers come August that that all happened. But it didn't just evaporate. To me, I'm getting to the point, and Phil Perry was saying this too, I want to wipe out all of what 2022 ever existed because it was so impossible to make a judgment on him. And I think maybe the same thing was probably true with Daniel Jones after 11 touchdown, 10 pick season under, under Joe judge and the Jason Garrett. And then he was relieved of duty during that season too. So I I just feel there are many similarities. Daniel Jones, obviously a much better runner. I think Mac is probably smarter at the line of scrimmage. Scrimmage. <laughs> We've got this kid at a line of scrimmage, and he's tough to stop. Um, so basically, you know, it's the intel. It's all the things we've talked about: intelligence, anticipation, accuracy, leadership. But Daniel Jones isn't a complete and total utter slouch. Well, thank you for characterizing that more accurately than I posed the question. But uh, just to okay. follow it, you said that you you want to wipe out. 2022 for Mac Jones that season. I'm sure Mac wants to wipe out most of it too. Does he seem to you like the kind of guy who will be able to bounce back in the way that the Patriots need him to now with Bill O'Brien in place uh, with the upcoming season? That was one of the things that we watched throughout that first training camp. He'd have a bad practice. He'd come back the next day and play really well. He'd have bad reps or a bad session. He'd come back in the next one and play really well. His resilience actually stood out during that entire camp. And again, it's worth noting how drastically he outplayed Cam Newton to even give himself a shot to win the starting job. Most people thought there was no way that was going to happen. So I do think he has the resilience to do that. And I think I've said it to you guys before, to get Bill O'Brien handed to you is like crawling across the desert and being handed a glass of water after what he went through last year. So I think he will embrace everything that Bill O'Brien is about, even if Bill is still in any way agitated there put off by what went on in 2020, excuse me, 2022 with Matt Jones. Tom, while we're talking about camp, you mentioned uh, on Monday, or you uh, wrote on Monday, that Bailey Zappi's progress could have a big impact on how the Patriots proceed with Jones. Um, how much of an impact could that be, and what would that progress look like? I think it's the financial aspect, Christian, because with Matt Jones, as we watch the track, say he does it drastically improve. And he goes out and he has, you know, 22 touchdown. 13-pick year, the team goes 9-8, and 10-7, and 8-9. and nine. Well, you're now staring next May at the prospect of a fifth-year option to pick up. Max entering his fourth year. So he's still at a very controlled price at $4.6 million. But if you're looking at Mac and saying we're still not sold, you're not going to pick up that $30 million fifth-year option for 2025. And if Bailey Zappi comes out, we could obviously tell that he had the capability to be a solid backup. He could be Brock Purdy light, he could be Brock Purdy times two. But if he shows that in this summer, maybe, again, using it just as a for instance but not a comp, the improvement that Tom Brady showed year one to year two, the leadership that he could show year one to year two, then the Patriots could say, we're going to pay $30 million to Mac Jones for a fairly average season at $30 million or franchise him for $45 million, which is what the franchise tag will be in 2025? Or do we just say, hell, let's just, we'll, we'll run it back with Zappy 
um, in 2025 and figure it out. It's a long way away, but the better Zappy plays, the more the Patriots can consider with kind of a, a more objective eye, okay, how good is Mac? Is he a $30 million player? Is he a $35 million player? Or is he Jaggerific? <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's a good it's a good question. It's the question. Uh, it's my favorite uh, Destiny's Child. I was going to say it's a, <laughs> it's a question burning on all our minds. Speaking of a uh, Jagorific, uh, what was the deal with this Patricia interview? And does he still have a role with the Patriots? I think he is at this juncture, from what I've gathered, kind of untethered. He's he's not with the Patriots. They, you know, Robert Kraft not on the record, but certainly characterized a level of respect for Patricia and Joe Judge as coaches and guys. So I don't think they're persona non grata, but I don't know if they have an exact role for him. I I think that he would be a little bit radioactive if he were to have any involvement with the offense at all. The defense seems kind of set. Does he come back in an Ernie Adams role? I think he's exploring his options. And, you know, sometimes in the NFL you see favors done to keep guys' names quote-unquote, in the mix. I'm not saying that that's what the Denver Broncos did with Patricia, but they very quickly hired Vance Joseph. So you do a favor for an agent, you do a favor for a, a coach, um, have him in for an interview, keeps his name in circulation, shows what his disposition is for getting another job. Um, it could have been that. It could have been concrete. Tom, uh, because the free agent market for wide receivers is a little slim pickings compared to previous years, we're seeing some hypothetical trades out there. The one I keep seeing tossed around is T. Higgins. T. Higgins T. Higgins, T. Higgins that. Uh, are any of these trades not, actually... Not jaggerific, T. Higgins. Are any of these trades for big-name <laughs> wide receivers, are any of them reasonable? Do any of them look like something that the Patriots would actually execute on? We could talk about that, but it would all be spitballing in terms of do the Patriots look at Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, the guys they have under contract, Tyquan Thornton, and other pass catchers like John U. Smith and Hunter Henry that they're spending inordinate amounts of money on and say last year, again, was a complete washout. Why don't we find out what we have on hand before we start packaging players up and bringing in T. Higgins, who's then going to command certainly – a 15 or $16 million contract himself. So I would say it's unlikely in my mind that they would do that because they still don't know what they have in all of those players to a large extent, but I wouldn't rule it out. I just, I don't think that they've been habitual trade, a trade team for anything but distressed assets. Brandon Cooks is a little bit of a distressed asset, but I see that happening. I don't know if he's as good as he was, five, six years ago, but I think Higgins has too much. Once you bring him on, you've given something up, and then you have to pay him as well. Tom, we uh, we have short amount of time here, so feel free to completely shut this down. But I, I'm curious if the discussion around Brady and Mahomes and that debate, which I know you're not really uh, entertaining at this point in time, I wonder if it's gotten back to Brady if it's getting his back up a little bit, and I wonder if that increases the likelihood that he could return, just to shut everybody up about Mahomes versus Brady. It's really funny because there was an interesting article about uh, Joe Montana and his demeanor towards Brady. Does not like Brady. Is not a Brady fan. Um, and I read it recently um, by Wright Thompson. And yeah, I think there, there is probably a level of, okay, are you kidding me what I just did for 
22 years is being erased in four by this kid. But I don't know if that would be enough. Like right now, Jonesy, I really think that Brady is in such a time of like turmoil and resetting that it would seem beyond the pale for him to want to prove anything or slay an imaginary dragon like that when I think he feels as if he's got more important things to tend to. I really do. All right. He's Tom Curran each and every Thursday here on WEEI. He joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tom, we'll talk to you next Thursday. Goodbye. Thanks, Tommy. Tom E. Curran, as all our guests here on WEEI, as I said, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. That I... uh, I like the line of scrimmage. I feel like that's <laughs> that's a drop that might live on. Rascally and, 